Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Welcome back, citizens. New Amsterdam Radio is right now. Thank you so much for checking out this episode and all the other episodes in the New Amsterdam canon. The website is newamsterdam.com. It's Flobel. Another week, another day. The sun's rays hit my skin. And I get to thank everyone for checking out the show, supporting my projects, supporting the projects of your friends, and just sharing the good vibes. Remember, the best way to help out someone starting out on their creative journey is to like comment and share. My guest today is one I've worked with in the comedy circles and in the hosting squares. I don't know. I'm out of shape. Nikki Bailey is someone who is 100% her, and I love just to watch her work as we dissect shows like Star Trek Discovery or seeing her on stage doing her comedy. And over the past year, even though we were in lockdown, it was always cool to see how Nikki has progressed as a human being and as a creator. So just a few seconds we'll be having the chat with her. But I just want to say, I want to appeal to you guys, if you like the show, if you like where it's going, you love the, the interviews we have at New Am Sam Radio, become a member of our Boisterous crew. That's patreon.com slash boys. We call it the Boisterous crew. And by doing so, you unlock bonus interviews, show notes, and more. One more time, patreon.com slash flowboboys. That's my name. Uh, you can even sign up for different tiers to unlock even early access to other shows such as Flobo Saw on Netflix, Draped in Gold Outtakes at drapedingold.com and other fun stuff. Without further ado, it's my chat with Nikki Bailey. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. My guest is somebody I met on so many different planes on this planet. I know it had to be destiny. She is not only a host, but she is one of the funniest comedians I ever had the pleasure of working with. And we'll get to that in a minute. Please welcome Miss, or Ms, Nikki Bailey. How's it going? Hi, Flobo. It goes, it goes. Yeah. So uh, good to you see know. you. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for being on the show. I know you're busy doing uh, some other projects and other things going on too. Star Trek Discovery after shows and whatnot. So thanks for uh-huh. having We were your competition, your Star Trek Discovery competition. Or what? or rather, or rather, because we couldn't say when, well, unless you were, when you were not on our show, we would we would say we are the Star Trek after show. You guys are. But but when you were on our show, we were like we were a Discovery after show. Can, can we get this, can we clear the air? What happened here? Like- it's all good. It's all good. I mean, I get it. I get it. You decided to break up the band and do your own thing, and it's that's fine. not what happened. That was not what happened. I thought every thought ever thought this whole network was dead. So I made my own thing. I had no idea you guys were starting your own, but. It was all emotion. And every time I get invited, I'm like, are you sure Nikki will allow me to be on your show, Christian? No, no, no. I love it when you're on a show. You make (laughs) me so happy. Your perspective on Star Trek is so lovely because it doesn't, it's not, it's not clouded by like, you know, decades of fandom Hmm. where, and we're like, we're all bogged down in what we want it to be. And you're just enjoying what is. And I, I think there's something nice about that. I appreciate that. I'm the opposite with Riverdale. As well, like not my Archie. Like I'm always like, oh, I can't believe Jughead wouldn't do that. But for I have years, never seen Riverdale. 
Oh, it's a blessing. As an OG fan, Aww. it's Archie and name only. Heard that before? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot to know about you, a lot that I don't know about you, which is why I'm so glad I had a chance to sit with you. Because the first time we met, it was in the comedy space. Like, you yeah. know, Nikki Bailey yeah. was doing it. She had the headshots with, with her patted Afro puff against a brick wall. And <laughs> at the time when I was starting out, I was like, man, you were really killing it. So walk me through that. Like, how did comedy draw you into you know, using your instrument for good. Yeah. So when I first moved to Los Angeles, I had I had uh, been laid off from a corporate training job. And I was like, you know what? I am not going to spend the winter in Philadelphia just looking for a job. That sounds terrible. Yeah. No Arctic, no Arctic vortex for me. So I took my little severance money and I moved to California and I told everybody I was just coming here for the weather. But the secret reason was that I had this lifelong dream of being a performer and being an entertainer. And I was like, I'm going to go do that. And I, and I didn't tell anybody. I just got out here and I was like, all right, I got here on January 1st, 2015. Wow. And, um, and I immediately started looking uh, at casting breakdowns for acting jobs and was immediately like legitimately the same day disheartened by what they what, what I saw in casting breakdowns so i'm a fat black queer woman mm -hmm. and um the casting breakdowns when they would describe african american women or they would describe fat women or queer people they were just so offensive so often and i was just like i don't want to do this i don't want to be a part of I don't want to be somebody's fat stereotype. I don't want to be anybody's black stereotype. How can I still perform and do it on my terms? And people had always told me I was funny. So I was like, well, why don't I try taking a stand-up comedy class? Yeah. I was just going to take the class and see what it was like. And I took the class and discovered that that is the thing I had been waiting for my whole life. I had been waiting to become a stand-up comedian my whole life. I didn't even know it. I got a, I got in that class and I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. I'm good at this. This is this feels right to me. And so I just dove in and um and had a really good time and really wonderful experiences my first few years um in the stand-up comedy world. So uh, yeah, it's been fun. Oh, there's a lot to unpack this. So wait, you you've been here since January 2015. Do you celebrate a California anniversary? Is that a thing still with you? I do not celebrate a California anniversary anniversary. Um, in fact, uh, because it was already a holiday, okay. I just yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't need to give it anything extra. New year, new location, whatever. It's all good. I'm in the same so. boat. My half birthday is also called Christmas. Psh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's already a holiday. Uh, <laughs> and, but you had mentioned the casting breakdowns. Now, I, I'm not an actor. Usually all my acting roles are friends and be like, hey, man, be in this. But what does, uh, what does that look like for somebody who hasn't seen a casting breakdown before? How can it, how could it possibly be offensive? Sure. So one of the first breakdowns I saw was for, I'm not going to name the film, but it asked for black women to submit their headshots in four different categories. The A category was for thin, light-skinned women with long, fine hair. Hmm. The B category was for um, thick, brown-skinned women, hair didn't matter. The third category was for uh, thick, dark-skinned women with long, curly hair, 
And then finally, the last one was for, uh, I think they called them hood rats. I think this was the language wow. they used in the casting breakdown. And I was just like, this is disgusting. Yeah, sounds like, like <laughs> I was like, this is gross. And like, like what, like, like they put so much emphasis on what these women should, were supposed to look like, but they didn't tell you anything about what the characters were. They didn't say, you know, this character is this, that, or the other thing. And that's why it's relevant that she be light skinned and thin and long hair. It was just, it was just, they wanted these particular looks and they wanted, they wanted people, they wanted stereotypes. They wanted all the, 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 the possible African-American female stereotypes. And I was so offended by that. And then when the actual movie came out and I saw it, I was like, oh, I get what they were going for, but like, what, what was it? Crowd shots? I have no idea. Like, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a, 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 like it was kind of not. It was like a club, and there were some women who were strippers in like cages, and then there were women who were like shot girls, and then there were just women who were like in the club, like oh. whatever. So it was like, it, it and I, I understood that they were trying to get a, a variety of different kinds of African American female faces. Correct. But they should have just they should have just posted that. They should have just said we're looking for diverse black black women. You know, like uh, what they posted was so offensive that I was just like, ew. Like, why would anyone <laughs> even like I, I I don't even want to submit to this. Like, what category do I fall under? Am I a hood rat? Obviously, I'm not a hood rat. Um, but I but I'm not. Um, like, am I thick or would I not be or would I be considered too big to be thick? And then it was like, well, do I even want somebody judging my body that way? Like looking at me and saying, you know what? You're not thick. You're, you're like, well, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Can I curse on your podcast? Yeah, everyone's a creative. You can express yourself. How okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, so, so, I'm just like, I'm not thick. Maybe I am. I definitely don't know. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, like suddenly, like, and it's it's kind of like it's kind of like one of the the weird things of sort of living in a culture where, um, you know, we live in a white supremacist culture where where so much of how we de define ourselves is defined by other people, mm -hmm. and and I was like, I just found myself sitting there looking at this casting breakdown, like I'm supposed to try to find myself in this. Yeah. I'm not I'm not in this. This is this doesn't include me. And I don't want to be included in anything where they try to define me in these ways. Right. And so that just changed my perspective on what I wanted to do here while I was here, which has also shifted since then. But like um, but I, but it it really became a matter of I want to do this on my terms and I want to do it in a way that allows me to represent myself and the communities of which I am a part in ways that would make me feel proud and make me feel happy um, and not buy into stereotypes that are created by other people. It was interesting. I'm not sure it was the first time, but definitely the most memorable time that we shared the stage. And it's kind of weird. Well, what it was called now, but there was uh, Richie Lace had his own series of, of comedy mm -hmm. festivals, quote unquote, yeah. uh, in Glendale, Glendale Laughs or Burbank Laughs or Miami Beach Laughs. Um, and the, the show was called Black Laughs Matter, uh, which I'm sure yeah. we'd call that today if we were to no. do a comedy show. Uh, and it was at this restaurant in Glendale. So it was like this two story thing. And I mm -hmm. came after work, looked like a square, because I just came from like my day job, and I did my little, my all my new material, which you shouldn't do at a festival, but I did it anyway because it was for fun. But and I, we only had three minutes. I think we only had three minutes for that for that yeah. set. So like, he, 
he booked Tone yeah. Bell, which to be fair, you know, he's Tone Bell. You so know, twenty five, and so the rest of us like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> what, what are we gonna do? Yeah. But but I I saw when you got on stage, and I don't remember your material, but I remember you performing and getting off, and everyone was like, you could tell you hit because everyone was saying your punchlines out loud, like she said this, like I was like <laughs> to come in there and to command a room in two and a half minutes and then peace out drop a mic i was like yo nikki bailey what up so that's I, so funny because i have a mem my memory of that night is that i bombed oh everyone bombed except for you i just, I just <laughs> no. it was six o'clock in the afternoon like who's ready it to really lie? was it really was it was like like i feel like i feel like i left that show like oh my god that was terrible okay well i like your perspective your memory of it is better than mine i'll go with <laughs> well, that well it makes me feel better i thought i was terrible uh <laughs> Why am I you are not. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. But but like this is a grind we do, especially in LA, where there's so many more comedians for whatever reason. I'm not here to judge than other cities, so we usually work for free, or we have these festival yes, things. Like, how did that how did that grind affect you as you grew as a comedian? Uh, it actually it actually became uh, burdensome at some point. You know, like I you know because in addition to so comedy is the only. It's the only art form where you have to rehearse in front of an audience. The only way you know that you're funny is if people laugh, right? So you have to rehearse in front of people. And so part of that is open mics and and doing like like rinky dink shows that like, you know, that are in the back of like a restaurant and there's like a party in the room next door and there's like a DJ up front, but you're still doing comedy. Like, so like, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, um, it's a big commitment, first of all, you know, to, to, to writing, to, to perfecting jokes, to doing, to doing um, mics, to doing shows, to traveling, to doing shows. So it's a lot. And I, I did kind of burn out. I think after my first four years, I think, um, you know, up until 2019, I was like, going strong. I was, I was, you know, I was doing shows every single week. Um, and then 2019, I was like, well, I'm exhausted. And part of that is, you know, in Los Angeles, it's really difficult to, to stand out. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very heavily saturated industry here in terms of the number of comedians. And you, so, so in order to stand out, you have to grind like other people, you have to you have to just grind. You have to you have to constantly be what is my next gig? Who do I need to talk to? What is the networking I need to do? You know, you, there's a, there's just a lot of work to to staying booked. And I think I up until and so I got to 2019 and I was like I need to take a breath and reevaluate why I'm in Hollywood and what I'm doing here and why I'm here, what I'm, what I'm working toward. And, uh, and in the process decided to start a sketch comedy group, um, a sketch comedy group called Fatch Comedy, which is fat plus sketch equals fatch. We are a, a fat, <laughs> we are a sketch comedy, it's a math reference. <laughs> we are, we, we, we are a fat sketch comedy team. All the members and writers are, are fat women and, um, so I kind of shifted my focus from stand up to working in to doing sketch comedy. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where I've been for the last that's kind of what my focus has been for the last two years, I suppose. 
let me I ask a question. I don't want to come off as as, as crude or, or crass, but if so, can someone like disqualify themselves over time? Like in a member of fat, once like if they lost weight. Yes, yes. Thank God. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. But yeah, if someone lost weight on your program, like is that a thing where they can save with it or? You know what's really funny? Fat is such a subjective word, right? Agreed. So like, so like in the in the group, there is a large range of large women. So like, we have women who are as small as like a size 14 and we have women who are as large as like a size 32. Um, and so we kind of let people self identify. So like some okay. of the people we, some of the people who write for us, if I looked at them, I would not think they were fat, but they identify as fat. And okay. so, and, and, and because they identify as fat and they have, they, they feel they're having the experience of being a fat woman in America. I'm like, well, then I can't tell you what your experience is or is not. Um, and they write genius sketches. So write sketches for us. Yes. Um, and even if you don't, even if you, to me, don't look like someone I would think of as fat, if you are someone who understands the, you know, what that means to be a fat person in America, right. then then you have something that to contribute. And we and we would love to talk to you. We would love to work with you. We would love to hear what you have to say. And one of the things that we find is that, um, women of all sizes come up to us after our shows and say, "Ugh, I so love that sketch about how you you hate diets or 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 you know, I love that sketch about how you wanted to stab the woman who said that you looked too big in those pants, you know, like because there's I at the end of you can always tell it's a sketch I wrote because I kill somebody. I kill somebody <laughs> on my sketch. It's, it's like the home. best. It's it's like it's yeah. like the best way for me to work out my rage is to, yeah. is to get to create characters who can kill people oh, so i have murder. a I, yeah murder so i have a character called buffy buffy the fat hater slayer okay and uh and she she teaches people of size to stab people who make fat phobic comics at them and With and what? so like or a knife with, or with whatever you have handy she says, <laughs> she says no she says she says that she carries a pick she carries a pick both for her afro and for the times where she needs to stab somebody with it so times. Yeah. yeah yeah so so no you can't you and so once you're in fat you're you're I, I won't say you're a member for life because that's not true but but you, you can't like lose lose your weight lose weight out of it the other thing is um, the members of Fatch generally are kind of anti-diet culture in the first place, so we're not really, we probably would not likely to be on diets, um, though that's everybody's personal business and not my, I don't have a right to comment on everybody's bodies, so. Fair enough. I mean, as somebody who was also morbidly obese the majority of my life uh, up until my early 30s, you know, um, I like the because in my mind's eye, I'm still 24 years old. This is not true, and 280 pounds, which is also not true. Uh, right. I was I was 375 when I went to the gym the first time. I always wondered if like we were more acceptant of people of different body types. A lot of the strife we give other people for your sake for shaming them for diet culture, not diet culture. Right. Their their skill level at any craft because they look a certain way or that right. or anything. So I like the fact you're an advocate for fat acceptance is pretty awesome. Yeah, one of our members is actually um, a um, a triathlon um, athlete. She she you know she does. Uh, she also does what's the one? Uh, 
whatever. I'm not going to try to tell you anything about sports because I know nothing. <laughs> but she, she does a decathlon. Thank okay. you. That's it. She does a decathlon. And she's not, you know, she's, she, is a, she is a fat woman. And she's, you know, she does the whole nine. And so there are so many sort of things that pe- the assumptions that people make about fat people, about people who live in fat bodies are some of the, that's some of the content that we really deal with in fat. She's like, we make, we make jokes about it. Like we, like we say things like I'm so fat. How fat are you? I'm so fat that, <laughs> that uh, when I go to uh, McDonald's to place my order, they're like, uh, would you like the usual? Um, you know, like, like, so we do, we do stuff like that. That's actually Gloria, Gloria de Leon's joke. Um, or, or it might be Katie O'Hearns. I can't remember who's, but it's somebody's joke on my team. And, uh, and so the idea is like, we, we are poking fun of, um, ourselves a little bit, but most of it is poking fun and sort of revealing to people what diet culture looks like from the perspective of a big person and, and what, you know, the conversation, just the conversations that all of us have, you know, we have a sketch that's called diet sketch and it's, it's these three thin women talking about the diets they go on and, you know, they get down to the point where they eat human babies. Like they're just like, because, because they heard that Courtney Kardashian lost weight that way. So, so it's like, it's like, you know, we're taking those things that people just sort of, um, that we just take for granted, you know, like we don't, we don't question that there's a diet commercial on every other, every other commercial break. We don't question the fact that, that when you go to buy a snack, you know, it's really big letters, you know, gluten-free, 100% fat-free. Like, we uh, we don't question the fact that our doctors are are telling us that, that BMI is the most important indicator of health, but it's not. That actually, the, the BMI indicates nothing. Um, so, so what we do is, in the process of making you laugh, we're educating you about, about diet culture and about how to love the body you're in on any given day. You know, it's great that you lost as much weight as you lost, but you know what? I bet you at 375 were just as wonderful and charming and funny as you are now, you know? So like, and and in fact, I think I've seen pictures of you when you were larger and you were still, you're a handsome guy, you know? Like, so like you, yeah. But but what's interesting is that like you know it's you know it's great that you did what you wanted to do to take care of your health and to take care of your yourself and to to feel good about yourself. Um, but our our message is you don't have to change anything about who you are in order to be lovable. You don't have to change anything about who you are to be capable to be able. Um, you don't have to change anything about who you are to be desirable. Um, and you definitely don't have to change anything about who you are to be fucking funny. Mm-hmm. And we are fucking funny and uh and we and we are funny and we talk about weight without making fat jokes at this at the at the expense of fat people so i feel like fat jokes yeah fat jokes at the expense of fat people that's such low-hanging fruit it's so hack i can't i can't i'm just ew it's funny because like i it's hilarious if it's if it's in the context of like if it appeared in a show 70 years ago it's kind of like, oh, right. okay, yeah, like, 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 I love Lucy or Honeymooners, but yeah, you're right. You do it now. It's kind of like, oh, you're just being mean. Like, it's totally not the same yeah, thing. Yeah, Sensibilities it's, have it's, changed and shifted. Sensibilities have changed, but also, like, there's so much happening in the world that you could talk about that's actually 
got good con like that that where there are there are laughs to be found everywhere and you can you know just like we don't um you know it, it would be you know a, a white comedian making a racist joke um it's the it, you know to me it's the same when a thin comedian makes a fat phobic joke it's like like how the hell who do you yeah. who the hell do you think you are yeah, yeah. i was probably off topic but there was a big controversy what 10 years ago or like eight years ago with uh the comedian Nicole Arbor having a similar video about that, how it went viral about the just saying that you know you ate sick that kind of deal. If you are a heavy mm -hmm. individual, and I remember people were asking me as a comic what I thought about it, and I was like, well, it's not really funny, but also I, my my entire matriarchal side of my family are, are heavy set, and I always felt like an attack on them as well. But yeah, so glad you found a good fight, Nikki. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. You know I like to I like to fight anyway. Anger is my most comfortable emotion. <laughs> People die in my sketches. <laughs> they do. I'm not gonna lie. People die in my sketches, which is like, which is like sketch comedy 101, right? Like, yeah. like, like, like when you when when you take your first sketch comedy class, they're like, please do not kill all your characters. You have to be more creative and find another way out for the for them to have another way out of the situation. But honestly, sometimes some characters need to die. Yeah. Why and not? so those are the characters I kill. <laughs> well, speaking of killing, uh, <laughs> well, segue. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't know this until very, very recently. But you had a background in seminary. Like you were studying to be a theology, or the or I guess you are. Not you studying. You are. <laughs> forget. Forget ing. You are uh, a graduate of seminary school. Correct. I am. I went to Union Theological Seminary, and I have a Master of Divinity degree, which is the same degree that that pastors get it, for yeah. pastors who go to seminary. Um, I went and my, my focus, my concentration was on worship in the arts and womanist ethics. And so, um, so I did a lot of finding creative ways to do ritual, finding creative ways to do worship, uh, to do community building and community gathering. Um, and then also a lot on, just sort of the ethics of social justice in this country and um, what that means for um, for people and their faith, you know, like, so, so for me, the big takeaway is that if you look at the Christian message, you should be focused on the message of justice. And that to me is what Jesus was all about. Jesus was, was murdered, martyred, because he wanted justice and equality for all. And so that's when I, when I think about my spirituality and as I call myself Christian plus, so I'm Christian, I'm Christian mostly. Christian plus, but like Disney plus, Christian, like a description. Yeah, like it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, like it's like the basic Christian, right? right. But, but like add some other shit on it. Like I like, I'm like a little witchy. I like Buddhist philosophy. I, you know, like there's, 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 I like metaphysical new agey crap. I like all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and even if, you know, if you were to ask, if I were to tell people my theology, my personal theology about Jesus, I probably, most mainstream Christians wouldn't agree with me, but uh, I still identify as Christian plus. Uh, yeah. uh, and I, I originally went to seminary thinking that I would take my seminary training into my career as a television producer, because I was a TV producer at the time, and that I would you know, I don't know, produce 
content that was inspirational or or use use um, television as a way to sort of help with social justice. And uh, and I did some of that. I worked on some really amazing projects where I got to 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 marry my theological seminary education and my television career. And then I kind of let it go for many, many years. And so um, and I, I'm though I am still paying for it. Just to be just to be clear, I'm still oh, paying. Um, <laughs> I will be paying for that that education until I die, um, unless unless I get a show or a deal on like so like HBO. Holla at your girl if you want. You I get I get you a, I get you a special right cheat. All we gotta do is pay <laughs> off. Just pay off my student loans and we'll be good. Um, <laughs> so, but but my but. I am now I like I like I said I've spent some time sort of reevaluating what I want from this Hollywood experience and what it what I want to do um, as a performer as an entertainer and what I really uh, what I really want is to get back to my original goal which was to you know help people to use my skills as an entertainer as a performer as a host MC in all the different things that I do to use that as a way to help people get more prey, more play, and more slay in their lives. Okay. So, oh, that's that's my. So, I'm launching a podcast this year. That's the that it the the podcast is called Fun Faith and Fuckery, and uh, and the goal is is just that to help people get more prey, more play, more slay in their lives, and yeah. to have to have to and then you know you you can believe what you want, and you you can have the free you can have. You can be free of religion and still have a relationship that is spiritual and you can you can still curse. Uh, you know, like I, I, I do jokes. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the jokes I do about about church and and and, and you know, my jokes about Jesus. But, um, you know, God is hilarious. God has like a sense of humor, like 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 a motherfucker. God is like funny as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that just made me laugh. God. Not as funny as hell, but um, oh, um got it. It took me, oh, sorry, public school. Okay, <laughs> I know it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Um, so uh, so yeah, so I think I think God is funny, I think spirituality is fun and funny, I think church is hilarious and terrifying, and uh, and so we're gonna talk about all those things, and we're also gonna just talk about you know what it just just life in general and the world and and how we're all dealing and that's what the podcast is going to be about so i'm excited to launch it i'm hoping for march late march early april so oh just in time for easter i see how you're working just man. in time for easter the you see season. that yeah mm -hmm. like no but do you, and so you think you're with with your podcast or the project you're doing the lord's work or the lord's plus work yeah, yeah. Uh, I I do feel I don't know that I I almost never use the the term the Lord. Um, it's too hierarchical and patriarchical for me. Um, patriarchal for me. Um, yeah. So is it the Lord's work? It is. Yes. I think it's my. It's part of my calling. It's part of you know. I. But I also feel comedy is part of my calling. Like I feel like comedy is a ministry. Um, you know, I feel like all of this, all of this work that we do is a ministry. It's, we were given these gifts for a reason. We were given these gifts to brighten other, to brighten other people's lives, to, to, to bring some sunshine and some light and some joy to call attention to some things that need to be called out, that need to be taken care of, that, that society needs to be to address. And the great gift of being comedians is that we can do that 
while making people laugh. Like you, we can make you think while you're laughing. You could be peeing yourself and having a deep thought at the same time. <laughs> a deep thought? Why am I peeing on myself? Because a deep thought, me. like like Jack Handy style, deep thought while you're peeing yourself. I just made a reference that you're too young to get, so that's Probably. okay. Um, the thing is, deep, if anyone's watching thought. the video version of this, like you look like we're the same age. That's the thing that trips me out. Like, you don't age at all, <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> I know, I don't want to brag or anything, but... Yeah. I think one time um, you showed me your ID, I was like, stop. Why would you get this fake ID? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? He's like, no, it's actually my ID. <laughs> yeah, I used to, when I first moved here, when I first moved here, I used to be really, um, I used to be really careful not to tell people how old I really am um, because I didn't want to get pigeonholed. Uh, and then I had an agent tell me, well because I'm 47 and I look like I'm in my early 30s. Um, and then I had an agent say, if you look like you're in your early 30s, then people are going to believe you're in your early 30s. So yeah. don't, don't, you know, so, so, so it doesn't matter if they know my actual age or not. If you just look at, just by looking at me, you would never think that I'm almost 50, but, um, but I got the brain of an almost 50 year old, meaning there is both wisdom and a lot of forgetfulness. Like if I get up from here, <laughs> if I get up from here right now to go into another room to find my glasses, I will forget why I went into that other room every oh, single time. I've been 50 I guarantee for 20 years you. then. <laughs> <laughs> I've been 50 forever. That's all it takes? Wow. <laughs> that's, 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 you know, I have all these. So my grandfather used to call them, uh, instead of Alzheimer's moments, he would call them old timers moments I did. uh so uh so i have these old timer you know things like did you know you could throw your back out by just putting on a pair of jeans i did not know that until i got to this age so yeah, yeah it's I it's you know once. i me too i sneezed once and threw my back out yes it's the yes, worst it's, it's the, the, the worst. fear that rushes my body every time i had to say it's like no not now <laughs> no i'm getting groceries oh, you know, i can't i can't take it i can't <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm out of muscle relaxers. I can't. No, yeah. No, for real. It, it's, it's real. The struggle is real. The struggle aging struggle. Real. Yeah. But, but you're going to kill it. I can't wait till your podcast launches. I'll definitely be checking in for that. Nikki Thank Bell, you. thanks so much for being on the show. Here's the deal. This is where you tell me where I can find you all over the social media networks, all the different projects working on. Lay it on me. You can find me at Nikki Bailey underscore on all the social medias except Snapchat because I don't understand it. Uh, and then <laughs> also, yeah, no, you can do it even on Pinterest. That's where I am, even though I don't use it. Uh, and then you can find me at NikkiBaileyComedy.com. And uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to launching this podcast. It will be on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and wherever else Flobo tells me to put it. Because okay. Flobo is going to be coaching me through how to become a media mogul like he is. I wish I was a mogul, but I definitely help. <laughs> but but you know you have that you have the foundations of mogulation. True. Like I you agree. are you are you are foundationally ready to mogul up. I think I, it's happening for you. I appreciate that. That's the nice thing you ever told me, Nikki. For real. For real. Yeah. No, no, no. I think you're amazing. So I, I can't wait. And I'm so glad I know you because when you level up, I know you're going to take, you, you take in everybody with you. Oh, so absolutely. I'm just, yeah. just going to ride your coattails to the top. <laughs> don't say it like that. Just say, <laughs> say it. My podcast would be great. I'll get high booked. 
Right, That's okay. that, right, right. My podcast is going to be awesome and it'll be great, but mostly I'm just going to be in Flobo's entourage. And uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> gotta be, gotta be on my, we, have, we have to do a show together for sure. If you do the comedy, definitely. Oh, uh, I would love that. Well, I haven't done any stand up in a long time. I, have you been doing stand up on Zoom and all those kinds of? Have you been doing those kinds of shows? Uh, I did it once for a friend of mine, uh, Hamza Khan. I'm not sure if you know him. He's another uh, yeah. former host at After Buzz, and, yeah. and it, I helped a friend out, but I don't like it because yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. Forget the feedback. It is something disheartening to see so many people with the red mic logos, so they turned off their microphones. So it's even worse than having no response. It's like you'd imagine them like on their phones or turning away or right. Netflix and chilling. Like I, like, right, like I just know they're playing Sudoku on their phone and not listening to a thing I'm saying right now. Yeah, yeah I found the Zoom comedy shows just really um, like, the, yeah, disheartening. That they, 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 you know, you, you're, they're kind of demoralizing. You walk away like, I don't know if it was good. <laughs> I think it's so. a quote, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what am I doing this for? Let's Why go am I doing it? <laughs> but, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.